If you're feeling more like roommates than soulmates, it's time for the Legendary Marriage Podcast. You long for a deep, fierce love, the stuff of legends. But overwhelm, fear, and doubt keep holding you back. But this is your life and your marriage. This is the legacy you will be remembered for. So we are on a mission to inspire and challenge you to live the adventure of a legendary marriage. This is episode 32 of the Legendary Marriage Podcast, and we are your hosts, Danielle and Justin Williams. And this is the podcast for couples who refuse to settle for an ordinary marriage. Each week, we are bringing you inspiration, encouragement, practical ideas, and of course, a challenge that will help you build more connection and intimacy in your marriage. And we'll have a whole lot of fun and laughs along the way. Always. (laughs) Don't do that. Okay, that was a creepy laugh. Honey, you look like you got attacked by Cujo. <laughs> no, no, just my five-year-old daughter Seriously? with her razor-sharp claws. Well, we need to stop feeding those girls milk. No more milk. Because they're, I swear, we need to like cut their nails once a week, and I hate cutting their nails. Oh my gosh, I'm like, we need to get Allie one of those files. I was telling her, get her, get her an emery board file, and she can just do it every every day. Just she could like be like a day. cat, have one of those scratch boards. <laughs> Get her, get her a thing on the wall. She just, honey. I know you really hate doing that, don't you? Yes. Because when Allie, when we first brought her home from the hospital, our very, you're like he's like bawling up on the floor as we're talking about this. Uh, I don't like thinking about this. <laughs> the very first time we cut our sweet little first baby's nails, it, sh- it turned into a bloody mess. It was. Nobody told me that your nails on your thumb were that interconnected okay. to the okay. main blood moving right, along, moving right along, moving right <laughs> along, moving right along, moving right along. So, honey, did you have fun at the at the um, birthday party today? Um, yes. Justin is like, I, he I, does not like Chuck E. Cheese. That's one of his uh, yeah, least I, favorite places. At it's least it's it wasn't, one of those places. It wasn't it's essentially Chuck- the same thing. Well, it wasn't Chuck E. Cheese. I'm not a fan of Chuck E. Cheese. I'm not a fan of those those places. It's too much sensory information at mm. once for me. Okay. Kids running around everywhere. And I'm, I mean, like my head's on a swivel. I'm trying to make sure that, you know, some crazed person doesn't come in the door and start throwing donuts at the kids or something, or oh, try to make geez. off with one of the kids or that the kids aren't falling out of the giant ball pit thing, breaking their, their arms and all of that, and it's the screaming, the music, and the, 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 you know, just there's people everywhere. It's, it's, a, it's a situational awareness nightmare. Wow, honey, that's a lot of, lot of concerns about a birthday party. I'm, I'm kind of tired. I'm exhausted just I'm, thinking about it. I'm again. tired listening to you rant about it. Jeez. That wasn't a rant. I could rant, <laughs> but I'm not going to rant on that. <laughs> well, you know what? The next party she wants to go to would you still would you take her again uh, of course i would <laughs> of course i would i like, like i like how the mom was like um where's Allie's mom yeah <laughs> yeah there was another dude there why did there was, you there why did you there. get sent here <laughs> exactly yeah. oh we were hoping to see Allie's mom and her sister and not you but not you <laughs> 
Oh, honey. Yeah. It's just that I'm so loved, you know? You are. Uh, Danielle <laughs> is a linchpin in, in these, these kinds of circles because she's just, she's a gatherer. She gathers people around the fire pit, creates the fire for them to all stare at and be mesmerized by, and everyone just just shares and talks and But today, connects. I just needed to not do that yeah. and just eat donuts. Yeah. Yeah. Need to eat donuts. Okay. <laughs> By, by the way, I didn't get a donut, but I guess I had that coming because the last time I stopped with the girls to get donuts, we didn't bring you any. Oh, wait. No, I did because I'm considerate. Like I that. figure you eat birthday cake and pizza <laughs> and that would be enough. Oh, my gosh. It was that, that birthday cake. It, it's like crack cocaine birthday cake. Was it it's, Costco oh, birthday cake? Oh, no, it was from H-E-B, which is, I mean, H-E-B, Walmart, Costco, all those places, they have great cake. It tastes so good, and it's light and fluffy and, the, the, and everything. And then, like, five minutes later, you're like, oh, my stomach, what happened? It tastes Ow. like regret. It tastes like regret. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Allie even said her stomach hurt on the way home. Yeah. You know, um, I, I do, before we go any further, I want to take just a moment on a serious note. Um a friend and a guy that I used to work with had a really serious accident um, earlier today mm-hmm. and um, is in the hospital right now. And uh, just, I just want to ask, ask you listeners to take a moment today and just, just pray for, for that family. Um, I'm not going to share the names or any of the information at this point, um, but man, it's, it's scary. He, mm-hmm. he had a life-threatening accident and um, we're just... We're just praying that that He's God will have bring a full recovery, healing, and and everything, and just support and peace for his whole family. So uh, I know that's really ambiguous and and everything, and I don't mean it to be, but I just felt like I wanted to invite our community to be a part of that story. Yeah, you know what? It's you know, so it's Fourth of July week still, and we're like. You know, having fun with our family and mm-hmm. friends, but everybody, you know, be careful out there. Yeah. Speaking of families, came across a little fun list here. Five things you can tell about a girl by looking at her mom. Whoa. Now the reason I You know, I'm I'm enjoying these these little uh lists <laughs> that you've been coming up with. I, I, I really like this. I especially enjoy this list because I think my dad would really like this list. Yeah. <laughs> because the reason that my dad said he married my mom was because he thought she would age well. Yeah. Based on her mom? Yeah, she's got a nice looking family and, you know, yeah. she has pretty nice skin and everything. Hey, your mom has aged well. She has. Your dad, on the other hand. I'm just kidding. He's aged what? well, too. They both aged yeah. well. Yeah. Okay. That's so why it was funny. Yeah. But... Yeah. Okay, so here's the top five. It looked like if there was retired Ken and Barbie, they would essentially be your parents. Mm, possibly. Yeah. They're pretty cute. Yeah. All right, number five, her wifely habits. What? Now, do you notice that I have some similar habits towards, like, treating you as my mom does toward my dad? Um... <laughs> Anything that's repeatable For better or for worse <laughs> In sickness and in health, yes uh, Okay, we won't yes. go too far into that one no, um, I, I, I say that because, yes, of course We notice 
the, some of the negative things and we go, oh yeah, that is, you're just like your mother. I know, please you know? don't say that though. Or, or uh, things like that. But the fact of the matter is, your mom adores your dad. Yeah. And, and, and it is, uh, I, I think sometimes, sometimes she tries to cover it up a little bit. Yeah. But she absolutely adores him. Yes. Do you adore me? I do, but I feel like not as much as my okay. mom. Okay. Anyway, me. moving right along. <laughs> I uh, had a moment for a nice, a nice, sweet moment that could have been, <laughs> and then it's now just it's not gone. the first word that comes to my mind. Sure. Respect. All right. What's next? Admire. Yes. Okay. Number four. Her catchphrases. I thought her this was kind phrases. of funny. I can't think of any catchphrases that my mom has, but my dad has like a million catchphrases. Well, they aren't so much catchphrases. That's that's a little understatement of what they are. They're his deep core values that he, yeah. he like, expresses. Teamwork makes the dream work. Yep. Yeah. Um, like a lot of things. Rise and shine. Another day full of love and opportunity. Yep. Oh, my dad. I think I could write a book of all the catchphrases oh, you, my dad has. Your dad could write a book about it. I, and I, I'd read it. I'd buy that book right now. How about me? Do I have We're catchphrases? We're taking presale orders. What? Do I have catchphrases? Um, I don't Probably know Probably ones that I stole from my dad. You know, when I think about <laughs> catchphrases, I know this isn't a catchphrase, but I'll never forget. It was, it was years and years and years ago. When that song, Who Let the Dogs Out? Oh my gosh. <laughs> came out. And one day we're on a road trip or something. Yeah. And your mom is going, Who let the dogs out? Who, who? Well, she who sings let it. Let the a, dogs out. She sings it a choir. I know. It was the, it was the choral, the Methodist <laughs> choir version of Who Let the Dogs Out. Okay, that and is really unforgettable. It was, I mean, I'm not mocking. I'm just, it was, we were like, is what notable. is that? She's like, it's that song, Who Let the Dogs Out? And we're like, what? That's the opera rendition. All right. Number three, her eyesight. I don't know. My mom's got pretty, actually, she's going to have eye surgery soon. So I don't, I hope I don't have her eyesight tendencies. Because I've never even really had to wear glasses. And she's worn glasses since she was like a kid. Well, so. you, you should be wearing glasses. You just don't. All right. Moving on. Number two, <laughs> her body or her looks. Oh, yeah. do you ever check out my mom and think, oh, hopefully. There is no way <laughs> that I can answer that question. <laughs> I love this list. <laughs> like there, there's, <laughs> there's no response that I have to that question. That, that there's no response I have to that question. I'm a little concerned. She's got a lot of the her looks. Your mom is a beautiful woman. Absolutely. I hope I can age as well as my mom did. Does. Yes. I'm a little concerned. She has a lot of foot pain lately. I was concerned I got that from. Oh her. yeah, you've got some. You were complaining about your feet hurting the other day. Oh my gosh, forties man. Starts no, cre- creeping no. up on you. No, 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 no. We're not making agreements like that. Okay. Forget it. You suck those words right back in your head. That's a catchphrase your mom uses. It is. She does say suck those words back into your head. <laughs> okay. Number one. This is the most shocking, ridiculous one. Okay. What? Her sex drive. Okay. No. Um, no. We're not, we're not doing that. How the heck do you know what your mother-in-law's sex drive is? That is ridiculous. Uh, okay. Anyway. Um, That's number one. Uh, okay. Well... Um, uh, I think this bit is over. 
<laughs> We've derailed. We've de- derailed. Um, all respect <laughs> and props and honor to to Danielle's mom, mm-hmm. who is an amazing mom and grandmother and... And I hope I can be a lot like Matron her. in our family. But no, but seriously, did you ever look, like take note of my mom when we were dating and you're like, hmm... This is my, like, how she might turn out or look or whatever. Oh, of course I did. You did? Oh, okay. Yeah, my head ain't just a hat rack, babe. I know that. You're super smart. Um, Yeah, so speaking of smart people, we've got Mike Warden, part number two today. Oh, yeah. So last week we had part one where Mike regaled us of how the men sacrifice their wild side in service of their family. Big mistake. Huge, huge mistake. You know, that was from Pretty Woman, right? Big mistake. Huge. Yeah. So he talks about. um, Yeah. So if you have not listened to that episode, the the last one, it was episode uh, 31. You can find it at legendarymarriage.com slash 031. Yes. And this one is episode 32 where he talks about women's um, identity is just becoming the role of like mom or wife. Oh my gosh, yeah. I know. So, so So we talk about the women's big sacrifice or mistake and then we talk about the couple's Mm. sacrifice or mistake and the couple's giving up their heart. Yeah. And you know what? We talk about that a lot. Couples finding yes. the heart of their marriage. So we are pretty simpatico with Mike on this on this front. Uh, yeah. We do not want couples to lose sense. their heart. It makes sense because straight up, Mike is a mentor and a friend. And yeah. So, of course, we're going to so, think a little alike. So a lot of what we, what we, <laughs> we do and talk from him. about. <laughs> we didn't steal from him, but it's, it's not surprising that it's, it's uh, simpatico. Yeah. So let's go into part two of the interview with Michael Warden, leadership coach, as he unpacks the sacrifices that women make and the biggest sacrifice couples make. The, it goes back to the, to the great love that women hold and their, their capacity to bring love into the world is, uh, is you know, um, unequaled. It's just, it's amazing. It almost seems superhuman at times when you see a, the way a woman can love not just her husband, but her family and uh, love her community. So it okay, is. Okay, we'll, we'll receive that. We'll receive uh, Absolutely. That. Absolutely. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing. And uh, so, the just like the man's wildness is beautiful, this is a beautiful aspect of femininity. But what can, what can happen or what I've, I've seen happen with these couples that I've been working with. Uh, is this uh, slow, sometimes it's pretty slow, but like a slow uh, frog in the kettle sort of process where women begin to um, sacrifice their identity. Mm. They sacrifice who they are. And, it, and you can, you can kind of see it happen, uh, unless you're paying attention, it sort of happens to you because uh, over time, there uh, a woman's capacity to be present to her children, present to her husband, present to the house, and be able to accommodate and respond to whatever is happening, very flexible, very accommodating in her love, uh, that eventually those things can become so loud, they absorb her, and she 
wakes up one morning and doesn't even know who she is anymore. She's just a role, you know, she is mother, she mm-hmm. is wife. And, and that becomes everything that she knows or understands. And the message that goes on somewhere in the back of her head is, this is what being a good mother means. That, right. Losing that I, yourself. Yeah, losing yourself is somehow the right thing to do because mm-hmm. it's more, it's loving in some way. Uh, and and it, it's understandable why that would be, you know, an easy sort of jump to make because you are sacrificing for your kids. Um, but, but I, but I would have noticed in the coaching, especially is that the effect of that, when you look at the fruit of that, uh, is actually not life-giving. It's not life-giving to her clearly. Cause she, especially like mm-hmm. once the kids go off to school or, or, uh, she has a little more time on her hands and she wakes up and realizes I have no idea who I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not life-giving for her spouse, uh, because you can't be in a relationship if you don't have an identity. So if she's just a role, then she doesn't really have anything to offer the relationship anymore. Once the kids uh, go off to school, maybe you just start drinking a bottle of wine a day. Yeah, maybe there that's my identity. <laughs> <laughs> right. She just said, take on another role, like the town gossip or whatever, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <Just> to... <laughs> yeah. Get that mothering thing going, but ooh, maybe not. Well, and what an interesting concept that we, we do that. We substitute a role for an identity. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, the, and, uh, and, uh, you know, the, the husband plays his part in this too, uh, probably unknowingly, but um, to not be mindful of his, of his wife's identity, like pr- helping her to have time to be herself, mm-hmm. um, but sort of like just letting her uh, sacrifice who she is completely and kind of get absorbed into the family. And, and for him to call that, Oh, that's, you know, wow, you really know how to love the kids. And that's, uh, that's where things get a little weird. They get a little wanky because what actually needs to happen for her is, uh, to, to keep clear boundaries between her roles and who she is as a person and to have some time set aside regularly for her to be her, to have her own desires, have her own sort of sense of self and what it is that she wants and what she wants to create. Um, this is actually, I mean, maybe it's paradoxical sounding, but it's actually really good parenting when you think about it, uh, for her to model what a strong woman is, Mm -hmm. you know, a strong, secure woman who knows who she is and who has an identity, who's self-differentiated, you know, from the roles that she, that she, uh, that she holds. Yeah. How Uh, much more wonderful are your kids going to be if you bring your full self, your full identity to raising them? You're setting, you're setting a great example for them being themselves, not for, you know, sacrificing yourself on the altar of motherhood, you know, I mean, bring yourself and that's going to help them bring out who they are too. And um, how much more powerful will that be? And I love how you said, you know, give her time to like kind of gear back into who she is. Um, But hopefully that, you know, that night out with the girls or, you know, your time to do your painting or whatever it is, is like, life-giving and you can bring that back to your family not it's not just an isolated evening or you know something like that so man I mean I I, it makes me sad to think about the couple which you know I know there are couples like this where the men have suppressed their wildness 
and the women have lost their identity. And look, they're a couple that are raising a family. And, you know, what does it say about the couple? Mm-hmm. What kind of sacrifices has it has been have been made for the couple, not yeah. just the man or not just the woman, but the two of them yeah. together? Well, that's where they where they go uh, is, uh, and this is the the most insidious one. Um, it happens for both men and women. So uh, these days, I have a handful of clients who are empty nesters. So they they've mm. they've uh, their kids have gone off to college. They're now at that stage of life where they're turning to look at each other and going, "Who are you?" Because <laughs> you know, they 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 have spent the last eighteen plus years basically not looking at each other, and mm-hmm. uh, what has happened in that time for many of them, and I know probably all of your listeners can relate to this idea. Uh, as you go through life with somebody and you're partnering with them as your spouse, um, there's relational friction that happens, and when you start, you, you it's like you have this pretty expansive landscape of common turf. Like we can go talk about that. We can go talk about this. We can go do this together or that together. And as the years go on and more relational strife happens, one way that I have seen these couples cope with that relational strife is to withdraw their heart from Mm -hmm. in little increments from the relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's sort of like, uh, oh my gosh, my husband totally missed me when I talked to him about how I felt about my friends and why I was upset about it. I'm just not going to talk to him about that anymore. Mm-hmm. And, and it's sort of, there's little vows we make, little judgments we make along the way, and we withdraw common ground. So, uh, in a little bit at a time, and we do it for the sake of getting along, for the sake of the relationship, because it's just less stressful that way. Like there's all kinds of justifications for doing that. But then the, the, the long-term result of that is what I have found with these guys and gals who come when they're empty nesters and they, all they have left is a small little like divot of soil that they can stand on Mm -hmm. together Mm -hmm. and they can talk about maybe the sermon they heard last week, or they can talk about the weather, but there's almost nothing else that they can talk about because they have, they have, they have shaved off their heart from the common turf, the common ground um, that's there. And both men and women do it uh, uh, with each other. Right. Uh, Yeah. Um, We've been through seasons like that just just in our marriage. And I love how you're saying that they're, um, they're holding up this goal of like their ultimate goal is we're just going to get along. <laughs> like what a beautiful ultimate goal. <laughs> right. Like, get along. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's like, you know, you, you meet and you date and you marry and then, and then it kind of starts going down to the right. Yes. On the graph. Uh, so there's, it's, there's a high point and then there's a, there's a, you know, some kind of crisis, betrayal, disappointment, something happens and then you work to recover from it, but the recovery doesn't get you back to where you were it's a little lower and the pattern keeps going until it's below the nominal line. Mm-hmm. Exactly right. And then pretty soon you start wondering, why did I get into this relationship? And it's costing me more than it's giving, you know, like just that idea. Um, but it's because there's been this slow attrition, this slow mm-hmm. sort of sacrificing my heart a little bit at a time in the relationship. This episode of the Legendary Marriage Podcast is brought to you by the Legendary Marriage Intensive. 
rediscover the heart of your marriage. If you love each other, but you've lost heart, then it's time for the legendary marriage intensive. A beautiful mountain lodge, three days of clarity, purpose, adventure, and renewing your love for each other as you forge friendships and transform your marriage forever. Part of what we're doing at LMI is helping you look at the story of your relationship with fresh eyes so you can fall in love all over again and resolve some of those long-standing and recurring challenges while you craft a clear, fresh vision for the next season of your marriage and your family. Oh, yeah. And you'll have some epic adventure in the mountains and a romantic night on the town. It's deep, rich learning, adventure, and plenty of laughs. That's the focus for three days as you forge friendships and build the skills and tools to transform your marriage and your family forever. So hit legendarymarriage.com slash intensive to register for October 19th through the 22nd um, in Breckenridge, Colorado. We only have room for four more couples for this event. One spot's already taken as of today, July 9th, 2017. So find out more and apply at legendarymarriage.com slash intensive. And as always, if you have questions, just email us at Danielle and Justin at legendarymarriage.com. And now back to part two of our interview with Michael Warden. It's interesting how um, you're saying that they lose their hearts. That's the sacrifice that they've made. And um, man, who wants to go through a marriage without a heart, with no heart, no soul? Um, I want to have some heart. That's the whole point. I know. Honey, I want to have some heart and soul with you. You remember that when we would play like that duet on the piano? We've never done that. (laughs) Heart and soul. Yes, we have done that. No. Yes, we have. Okay, we'll have that conversation later. (laughs) (laughs) So men sacrificing their wildness. Now I want to know who you're playing piano with behind my back. Oh, come on. Get over it. And then the... That's part of my identity, honey. Let me embrace it, for goodness uh, sakes. Okay, <laughs> things just got complicated. And then the couples sacrificing their heart. Man, um, but so what does it look like? And this is something that we talk about. How do couples reclaim their heart in their marriage? If they're, you know, if they're down to that little tiny bit of soil that you referred to, what, what would you suggest that they do? They, uh, here's what I'd recommend that has, that has worked, uh, really well for my clients. Um, it's to have, uh, I guess I call them regular summit meetings. Uh, some, some, maybe it's once a year, maybe it's every six months, maybe it's once a quarter, whatever your marriage wants to do with it. Mm-hmm. But, but coming together to have a conversation about the experience of being married and, what's working and what's not working for you. And let me, let me give you a, a sort of tool that makes it much easier to have the conversation. So um, for your listeners, I'd just say, just do this or do it in your head or grab a piece of paper and a pen. And I want to have you draw a circle and divide the circle into six pie pieces. So, you know, it just looks like a pie, uh, six pieces of a pie. And then I'm going to give you six words. And each one of these words represents a different aspect of life where you bond with another person or where you have injury or wounding. So, uh, and all of these exist on some level within a marriage. So as I go through them, you'll see. Uh, So in one of those pie pieces, you write the word physical and another one, 
you write the word sexual. In the third, you write the word social. And the fourth, spiritual. And the fifth, emotional. And in the last one, intellectual. So physical, sexual, social, spiritual, emotional, and intellectual. So when you guys met, just as an example, and when you look at that circle, that chart, you can you could tell me right off the bat, like we bonded first in this pie piece and this pie piece and this pie piece, and not really much in these others right away. Like maybe they came later, later or maybe this pie piece is not one that we really share. Like it's fine. So, um, but what you can use this tool, it's called the relationship wheel. And you can use it to sit down with your spouse once a year, whatever, however frequently you want, and just say on a one to 10, how good do you feel about our relationship intellectually? How good do you feel about it emotionally? And then dive in from there, like what's working, what's not working? How do you feel about it physically? Now, sexually, obviously, sexually, physically means like, uh, you're out riding bikes together. You're going on walks together. You're doing physical things together. You're cooking together, like mm -hmm. things that you do with your physical bodies that are not sexual, um, that you're doing together. Social, obviously, anything you do uh, as a couple in the social environment, um, yeah. community, but also concerts, you know, all that kind of stuff. So anyway, you talk about that, then have an honest sort of assessment of where we're at. Um, and then set a goal or two for the coming uh, period of time. Uh, when you do that, like here's one, one thing I would love. I would love for, for us to be, um, like he might say, I would love for us to go riding the motorcycles at least once a month together. Uh, she might say, uh, yes, that. And um, I would love to read a book with you. Something like that. Yeah. And then you try that. Like you just don't, don't pick too many. It'll overwhelm you. Just pick one or two, try it, come back and reevaluate. Are we closer? Is it better? Is it not better? Did I hate that? You know, be open to the possibility. You can experiment, try things. The goal here is to build the, the landscape, to increase the level of land that you can share, you know, in your relational landscape. So you got to try things. Give it a I shot. Love this. I love this because uh, it, it, it's about increasing. And so much of, of what people, what couples talk about in marriage is compromise. And it just, it, it, it feels, compromise just always feels like loss and, and shrinkage. Yes. And, yes. and what we're doing here is creating, I, I love the way you put it, we're creating opportunity for people to uh, increase uh, the the land that they're taking. In <laughs> they their say goodbye to the little divot. They can make yeah. it like a beautiful island or something. Exactly. <laughs> and exactly. I love it, I love its simplicity too. Because sometimes when you get to that place, like you referred to your empty nest couples, where you know you're just sitting there staring at each other, like, uh, what are we going to talk about? Um, but if you can, and we'll include those in the show notes, those six areas of the pie where it's just an easy, like, hey, we're going to check in around these six areas. You don't have to think of something out of thin air. So that's really, that's super helpful. Um, yeah. So great tool. Awesome. So men sacrifice. Men sacrifice their wild side. Their wild side. <laughs> Women are sacrificing their identity and the couple are sacrificing heart. 
And so we're gonna, they're gonna get it back. I love all the suggestions Mike had about um, just reclaiming each one of those things. So Mike, in general, what would you say um, it takes for a couple to have a legendary marriage? You know, we're doing all these things. We're doing the pie. We're doing all that. You have any other words of wisdom for our our listeners? Yeah, I'd say the the two the two words I'd use one is intentionality, uh, which is what we're talking about here. Like, um, great legendary marriages do not happen accidentally. So, mm-hmm. uh, intentionality I think is just one one of the big ones. But the other I would say is um, playfulness, like a willingness to to test things, to try things, to be curious, to. Uh, to to look at poss- what's possible rather than what's not working, mm. um, to just have a have a, a a willing sort of investigative attitude about it and see what can we create here mm-hmm. together. I love that. Anytime you can ask that question, what's possible, man? It seems like it just opens up your mind in a whole new way that you're like, oh yeah, yeah there is possibility outside my myopic little view that I have going on here. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So um, we've got, um, we've got some listeners that will be excited to find out what you're doing. Um, I know you've got an amazing tool you've got for us, the the pie, and you've also got um, a special giveaway for our listeners. How do, how do uh, we find out more about what you're doing, Mike? Well, I'll say a couple things. One is uh, we were talking about the Braveheart intensive earlier. And Mm -hmm. for you women that actually do want an experience like that, there is a women's version of that called the destiny project. And uh, you can find out about that at Mm -hmm. destinyprojectonline.com. Learn all about it there. And then I I have a really special gift for your listeners because there's a a, a course that I recently created. It's a a three-week video course for men. It's called Awaken the Hero Within. It is, uh, in some ways, it's it's like a a precursor or an on-ramp for the for the Braveheart Intensive, but mm-hmm. it's also its own thing. It's got a lot of great information in it, a lot of great transformative questions that men can be asking themselves and their um, brothers about their life and who they want to be. And it's not even released yet. It's not open or available to the public, but I want to make a special offer to just your listeners um, that the, for a hundred people can sign up for this for free uh, if they use the link that we provide. And I assume that link will be in our, show, your, notes. Yeah. In our show notes. The links for Braveheart, for Destiny Project, and of course, um, uh, your your site, uh, michaelwarden.com. Right. And, and then the link to the, to the um, Awaken the Hero Within uh, e-course. We will have that up in the show notes on our site. Oh my gosh. I feel like our listeners today, Mike, have probably gotten like an education like none other. <laughs> like um, this is going to be like our most downloaded episode. I feel like it. Absolutely. Yeah. That's my goal. That's so. right. <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, it's right. been an honor. So thank you so much. Yes. Thank you so much. Not only for being on the show, but just for being such a a force for transformation and 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 not in our lives and for our marriage and not letting my husband fall off a cliff yeah that's right and he didn't let me fall off one either so it worked out great all right good you're even man my big takeaway from that interview was how women become the role 
their <laughs> their only wife, their only mother, and that seemed sure. to be um, what they are supposed to do. That uh, seem as that's seen as an honor. Sure. And what they're really doing, and there's there is something noble about it. There really is. There's something noble about it, but um, so many mothers that I know, most of my friends are mothers. They do. They lose part of their identity and then they feel like they're only, especially when you have a really, really little one, you just feel like you're a milk factory and a poop (laughs) wiper upper and a, you know what I mean? It's it's especially true. You know, they just need to be at your beck and call all the time. Like I, I feel like I'm coming out of that a bit because my kids aren't little, little babies anymore. And they make waffles for themselves. Oh my gosh, they, I know, it's great. You know, make their bed at least, you know, I, part of the time. I think I think I get a, a glimpse of this when I think back to our infertility struggle and just how our sex life devolved to the just the functional. Like, we need a sample. We need to get this. The timing is right. We've got to, you know. Sure. Um, and, and, you know, I kind of went through a period there of feeling like, well, okay, like there, I like she doesn't really want me or desire. There's nothing there. It's just a functional thing. Mm-hmm. Like like going to the bathroom or eating bologna. I could go for a bologna I, sandwich right I now. I knew you're gonna say that as <laughs> soon as I the words came out of my mouth. So like I, I don't know, but is, is that does that kind of capture yeah. the sense? Yeah, I mean. It's totally true. It's totally true. And so I would just encourage those women to have that, you know, defiant decision like, hey, I'm reclaiming my life, for goodness sakes. I'm not only a mom. (laughs) And then for the couples as well, you know, that that notion we get so transactional, Mm -hmm. you know, take the kids here, get the groceries now, do the dishes, get the kids to bed. Like life becomes so kid centric and 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 task centric sure that we we really do lose the heart of it all right you know marriage is not just a a partnership to divide and conquer life it's something much more much richer much deeper than that mm-hmm. and when we when we let it just keep getting eaten away the heart keep getting eaten away of it we just end up with this little tiny island divot with no room yeah, and we, we mentioned that um, in our intensive, we rediscover the heart of your marriage. So that might be something you want to check out too. Yeah. So here's the challenge for this week. Use that relationship wheel that Mike mentioned in the interview where he gave the sections of intellectual, physical, sexual, social, spiritual, and emotional um, and rate each section one through 10. And... Um, Propose something new in an area that interests you. Just wonder what's possible here. And then join the conversation in our free community on Facebook. Well, we'll be talking about that this week. Oh, yeah. What's repo- what's repossible? What's repossible? That what's was a possible? that was a combination between relationship and possible. Ooh. What's repossible this week? <laughs> That's very like Dr. <laughs> Phil or something. 
Yeah, that's totally what Me I was thinking. Possible. That, that's like motivation. That's, that's like Tony <laughs> Robbins wannabe kind of motivational it's repossible. speaker. Okay, so in the Facebook community this week, we'll talk about what's repossible <laughs> in your relationship wheel. You can join the, the our community on Facebook by going to Facebook and just searching for Legendary Marriage in the groups area. Or just hit us up at legendarymarriage.com slash community. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast on iTunes so that we know how we're doing and other couples can find us. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of the Legendary Marriage Podcast. We're thrilled to have you with us on the adventure. This is Danielle and Justin reminding you, don't settle for an ordinary marriage. Make yours legendary. Legendary.